We're going to open up our, our Bibles. Phil's been preaching in the book of Joshua um, this morning, so if you want to start heading there, but let's just start with prayer and uh, we'll get going on today's message. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together uh, to worship you. God, I'm thankful for uh, this room full of people. It's your church. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you honor for the things that you've been doing in our lives. And Lord, um, as many of us have come with different things going on, sometimes with heavy hearts, um, with uh, busy minds, I just pray that you would calm us uh, this morning, and Lord, that you would help us to hear from your word. Father, I just pray that it would be your word shared, uh, not mine, and Lord, that you would um, speak to uh, the hearts, the individuals who are here the way they need to this morning. So God... Um, just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It's not lost on me that, um, especially recently more than ever, that I've seen God working in the lives um, around me. My life, uh, my family uh, specifically, um, but many people in this church, in the community, and around the world. And uh, what, a, what a great thing to see God working. Um, last December 18th, we were looking forward to uh, just our annual fun Christmas Eve event with um, friends of ours. And yes, the 18th is not Christmas Eve, I know that. But we had to do it early because of some things uh, scheduling-wise. And so we were getting ready this much-anticipated Christmas Eve get-together. And uh, my kids especially, because they get to drink pop that they don't normally get to drink. And they get to eat uh, you know, lots of sweets and, and stay up late. And they get pulled behind the four-wheeler and the sled and uh, all these fun things. And so normally, the, the riding in the sled happens at night, but um, decided to do it right away this year. And so they took off right away, and the kids were getting pulled around. And um, that's when things kind of changed. Things got different. The, the rope on the sled broke, and my sons, uh, James and Dylan, were both in the sled, and it sent them uh, straight towards a tree. And um, I was in the house, and I knew something had happened, and I got outside, and that's when everything got scary, and I ran up to see my, my son, Dylan, was upset because his leg ended up being broken, um, but James was not moving, and his eye was swollen shut, and um, it was just a scary moment as dad. And I share this with you because it was amazing, the peace of God that came over me, just to immediately start praying and to trust and to do what I needed to do in the moment. Um, you know, God works in ways that we don't understand, except that we just know that He is, um, and He's there, and He's moving, and He's, he's given what you need. But um, the, some of the coolest things happened uh, over the course of those next few moments and um, next few days. Uh, being a part of this church and, and being on staff, I've had the opportunity to um, sit with families, to pray with families, to visit people in the hospital, at home, and different things um, time and time again, and I enjoy that. But to receive the, the response of prayers and people reaching out and, and uh, was just, it was a huge thing for me, and I sure appreciate it. And, and uh, not only that, to see God moving and working. Um, my wife and I had to stop once the boys were getting put in the ambulance um, and just pray that God would do what he needed to do. Because in my mind, I didn't know what was going to happen with my son James. Because, um, I mean, for all I knew, um, he may not have much brain activity. I mean, that's what I looked at and that's what I saw. Um, but to see, um, and even though there were definitely moments of, of sheer panic 
And um, there were moments of uncertainty how quickly God responded to prayers and started working in the healing of my son's life. And by the grace of God, um, you know, within a matter of a couple of days, he was released and doing great. Um, you know, it's like proceed with caution when you're 12 years old. It's kind of scary as a parent because, you know, caution didn't get us there. And um, my son is not very cautious in a lot of things he does. Getting him to slow down is difficult. But uh, for me in this moment, I share this story because I saw the hand of God working through all of this. And it happened because of faith. And it happened because of prayer. And it happened because God cares about us and the things that are going on. And so I share that in recent times I've seen God, and I could share many more stories in my own life and even in the lives of others, but I don't have permission to share the stories in in other people's lives. Um, But to see God working, and uh, I share those things in caution because uh, I know that sometimes God doesn't answer prayers the way we want Him to. Um, God doesn't heal people the way we want to do the miracles that we want Him to do. And so... In faith, we trust that God will do what is best because He knows what's best, and sometimes that's hard to accept. But um, at least in this story, seeing my son, both uh, my son James and my son Dylan, being taken care of in that way was a miracle that we witnessed. Now, I could explain it to you that it was the medical professionals who were quick to respond, and they did, and it was good. But I know that God's hand was on them, and He was working, and I know as a direct response from our prayers. And, and so this morning, as I, as I see that, I recognize that, um, I also know that we go through things like that to bring us closer to God. And sometimes those struggle as we're going through them is very difficult. And uh, so we're going to look at this idea today of how God is showing up in our lives And it's interesting that I can look back over my life, and I didn't recognize it at the time, but there were time after time after time as a young man that God protected me from myself many of those times, um, that I was just one step away from life being over because I was taking risks. So as I tell you that my son James, you know, puts a little gray hair on my head, and uh, I get a little bit concerned because he doesn't slow down sometimes like I, I... would prefer him to. Uh, That's one of the joys of parenting is we get to experience how to really trust God because we have given our kids to the Lord. And we trust that God's going to protect them. But when you're put in a situation where you really have to just trust and there's nothing you can do, that's when your faith starts to grow. And uh, we're going to look at a story in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 10 this morning. Phil read it last week, but I'd like to go back and look at it again. We've been looking at the book of Joshua. So Joshua chapter 10, if you want to turn there, we're going to read the first 15 verses. And we see the hand of God. As soon as Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had captured Ai and had devoted it to destruction doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. He feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were warriors. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, to Piram, king of Jarmuth, to Jephiah, king of Lachish, and to Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, and let us strike Gibeon. For it has made peace with Joshua and with the people of Israel. 
Then the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered their forces and went up with all their armies and encamped against Gibeon and made war against it. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua the camp in Gilgal, saying, Do not relax your hand from your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the hill country are gathered against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of the war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not a man of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon, and chased them by the way of the ascent of Beth Haran, and struck them as far as Azekah and Makeda. And as they fled before Israel, while they were going down the ascent of Beth Haran, the Lord threw down large stones and from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the sons of Israel killed with the sword. At the time Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Sun stands still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. So Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. We see in that passage two things. One, I often skip right over and maybe you do too, the hailstones. God provides for Joshua in the army with hailstones. And the hailstones take out more men than the fighting men, more than the sword. And, but it's real easy to skip over that, at least it, it has been for me, because we see this great miracle where the sun stands still. And I don't know about you, but I am in awe of this idea. But again, it's really easy to qu- just quickly pass right over that. For me, knowing that and believing that the Bible is true has, has come easy for me in the course of my life. Not that I've never had questions. Not that I've never had doubts. But when I read the Bible, I read it and I believe it. And I don't know, maybe you're the same way. Or maybe you're a little more skeptical. But when you read that, at least for me, I read right over, you know, wow, this is amazing. God used hailstones to destroy this army. And then he stops the sun. Right, And it was at a moment where it was getting close to dark and it just stood still and it's, they had enough light to continue to fight and to complete the task. Uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, this miracle and, you know, it's one of those things. One of the commentators said it's a, it's a stupendous miracle. And how many of you just stupendous is a word you use? You know, it's something that it comes right away to your mind. Um, not for me, okay, so I'm going to double check and make sure I really understand what stupendous means because, I mean, why not, right? We have uh, a dictionary. Most people don't use them anymore, so just on our phone we have a little app and we can type it in. Anyhow, it's an awesome miracle, right? It's tremendous. This is amazing. This isn't something that happens all the time, right? We know this. 
we know that the sun doesn't stand still, but I mean, this happens, so there's got to be more record of it. So I get on and I Google, right, the sun stands still. And I'm excited because articles pop up and I think, okay, right here, we're going to see that science and the Bible come together. There's, it's going to be proven. And so I find this story and I print it off and uh, I start reading the beginning of it and I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I need. And then there are a couple of more, so I print them off so I don't read the whole story. But then I had to sit on it. I had to stop what I was doing and actually... It took me two days to get back to it, and I'm excited to pick it up and read it, and I'm thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to use. This, this just, it makes everything come together, but it doesn't. Now, let me read it for you, because, I mean, you're going to get excited. I know you are as I read through it, and then I'll explain. The following story has been circulating recently, and this is a little bit old maybe, but did you know that space program is busy proving that what has been called myth in the Bible is true? Mr. Harold Hill, president of Curtis Engine Company in Baltimore, Maryland, and a consultant in the space program, relates the following development. I think one of the most amazing things that God has for us today happened recently to our astronauts and space scientists at Greenbelt, Maryland. They were checking the position of the sun, moon, and planets out in space where they would be 100 years and 1,000 years from now. Makes sense. I mean, I'm not a science guy, but yeah, they're going to do that, right? They've got the technology we have to know this so we won't send a satellite up and have it bump into something later on in its orbits we have to lay out the orbits in terms of the life of the satellite and where the planets will be so the whole thing will not bog down they ran the computer measurement back and forth over the centuries and it came to a halt the computer stopped and put up a red signal which meant that there was something wrong either with the information fed into it or with the results as compared to the standards. They called in the service department to check it out, and they said, what's wrong? Well, they found there is a day missing in space. In elapsed time, they scratched their heads and tore their hair. There was no answer. Finally, a Christian man on the team said, you know, one time I was in Sunday school, and they talked about the sun standing still. Well, they didn't believe him. They didn't have an answer either. So they, sh- they said, show us. He got a Bible and went back to the book of Joshua where they found a pretty ridiculous statement for anyone with common sense. There they found the Lord saying to Joshua, Fear them not. I have delivered them into thy hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Joshua was concerned because he was surrounded by the enemy. And if darkness fell, they would overpower them. So Joshua asked the Lord to make the sun stand still. That's right, the sun stood still and the moon stayed and hasted not to go down about a whole day. They checked the computers going back into time. It was written and found it was close, but not close enough. The elapsed time that was missing back in Joshua's day was 23 hours and 20 minutes. Not a whole day. They read the Bible and there it was. About approximately a day. These little words in the Bible are important. But they were still in trouble because if you cannot account for 40 minutes, you'll still be in trouble. 1,000 years from now, 40 minutes had to be found because it was going to be multiplied many times over in orbits. As the Christian employee thought about it, he remembered somewhere else in the Bible where it said the sun went backwards. The scientists told him he was out of his mind, but they got out the book, read the words in 2 Kings, Hezekiah, on his deathbed, was visited by the prophet Isaiah, who told him that he was not going to die. Hezekiah asked for a sign as proof. Isaiah said, do you want the sun to go ahead 10 degrees? Hezekiah said, it's nothing for the sun to go ahead 10 degrees. 
but let the shadow return backwards 10 degrees. Isaiah spoke to the Lord, and the Lord brought the shadow 10 degrees backwards. 10 degrees is exactly 40 minutes, 23 hours, and 20 minutes in Joshua, plus 40 minutes in 2 Kings make the missing day in the universe. Isn't it amazing? Our God is rubbing their noses in His truth. And I read that, and I was excited, and I thought, wow, that is, we see there's evidence, there's a story, but you know what? There's a problem. The story's not accurate. There are things that are made up that go with the truth. So here I have this great story, and I think this proof, you know, this, the Bible, I mean, we see scientists having to admit, but it didn't actually work that way. There are some myths, truths mixed in there to make this story, and so there's, there's a couple of different stories similar to this one that were written in order to say, don't you see the Bible is true? Don't you see what we, we have recorded in the Bible? Joshua, the sun standing still. Hezekiah, we see the shadow moving backward. There's proof. But the story is not accurate. And they've, they've shown that it's not accurate. So I, I stand before you and I say, sometimes we get excited, we see things, and we think, this is it. It's going to be what proves our point. This is going to prove what we believe. But yet... It doesn't because it's not accurate. And we jump on things like I was quick to do when I found this story and think, that's it. That's what's going to convince everyone else. That's not the way it works. But you know what does work? When we actually do see the hand of God and we can share that with others. I want to share this. I, it, the story's not true. Okay, I want to make sure that it, you know the facts in the Bible are true, but the story to confirm the facts in the Bible is not but I want, I want you to see this because we have to be careful as Christians not to jump on something and use it for truth when it's not. But there's a, an apologetic value in ancient legends from various parts of the globe. However, including the following, it is reported by historians that records of the Chinese during the reign of Emperor Yeo, who lived at the same time as Joshua, report a long day. Also, Herodotus, a Greek historian, wrote that an account of a long day appears in records of Egyptian priests. Others cite records of Mexicans of the sun standing still for an entire day in a year denoted as seven rabbits, which is the same year in which Joshua defeated the Philistines and conquered Palestine. Here is where I see God winking at us and saying, there are things that go with the Bible that... It may not be like gospel truth. You don't know for sure. But there are stories being passed and there are writings that say something happened around the world at the same time. Now, it's not like this fabricated story that we see, but there are things going on that we can identify. And it's like this little wink of God saying, look, pay attention, you can see what's going on. Additionally, the historical lore of the Aztecs, Peruvians, and Babylonians speak of a day twice natural length. If Joshua's long day, not missing day, occurred, and of course I believe that it did, then we would expect its effects to show up in the historical records of other nations. And that is exactly what we find. So we see that in the history of other nations, there is this idea that it occurred not this story that NASA would identify with their computers and their calculations. But God is winking, saying, pay attention. 
this is not a myth. This isn't a made-up story. We're talking about Joshua. We're talking about Hezekiah. Um, But the things that have happened, we can trust that. We can trust the Bible to be true. I want you to go with me to 2 Kings so you can look at this story because, again, I want you to see the hand of God. See, when God is doing miracles, when God is showing up and uh, doing these things, we need to pay attention to that. So it's 2 Kings chapter 20, in verse, uh, we'll start in verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Bring a cake of figs, and let them take and lay it on the boil, that he may recover. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me? And that I shall go up to the house of the Lord on the third day. And Isaiah said, This shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps or go back ten steps? And Hezekiah answered, It is an easy thing for the shadow to lengthen ten steps. Rather, let the shadow go back ten steps, by which it had gone down on the steps of Ahaz. Here you see, again, the hand of God. You see it moving in a way that it's impossible. We couldn't do that. There, was, there is no way um, to explain these things in happening. So why not just say the Bible is exaggerating? Why not just say that this is not actually truth, right? I mean, we can't explain it. There's no way of really knowing it. So it's easier because someone with common sense would know that it's not possible, so we're just not going to believe it. Well, that's not the way I think, because I read it and I think, wow, this is amazing. We see God working in ways that we would like to see in our lives. How many times have you been in a situation where you would like to say, no, God, I don't want this to happen, and please, you know, extend this situation, stop that situation, make me feel better. In all these different ways, we are taking things to God, and we'd love to see unexplainable things happen in a way that you cannot deny. Except that someone might say, well, that didn't happen. So what? I mean, it's your story. Well, I want you to pay attention to two things, both in Joshua and this, the story of Hezekiah. What was their response? You know, what, what did Joshua do? He spoke to the Lord. When he came up against this situation and he needed God to respond, he spoke. To the Lord. What did Hezekiah do? He prayed to the Lord. In faith, mind you. Now, how many times have we prayed things, but we haven't really trusted that God wants to do that for us? 
You know, we, we pray things and we think, this is what I want, but, you know, that's, you know, it's probably not going to happen because it's not what God wants. I've done that, and I don't like doing that. When I pray, I want to trust that my prayer is being heard by God and it's in line with what God wants to do in my life. I think that Joshua and Hezekiah could confidently make those prayers, um, either in desperation or in full confidence because that's what they needed and they knew and they trusted that God would do it. And that there's something about our faith. And when it gets put on the line and tested because we're in situations that we can't control, like with my boys getting in that accident, and you guys can name things in your lives where you got put in situations where you couldn't do it on your strength physically. You couldn't do it on your financial stability. You couldn't do it because you were smart enough, because intellectually you could handle it. But you got to a point where you actually had to trust God. You had no other choice. Did you cry out in faith? Now sometimes, what our hope is for an answer is not what God has plan for us. It's not what God wants to do. And that's a hard thing. But God is performing miracles in our lives and the lives around us all the time. And how often does that happen and we don't even recognize it? How often does God do these miracles and we don't give him credit for what he is doing? Maybe because it wasn't exactly what we wanted. Maybe because if we said it out loud, um, we'd admit that we couldn't do it on our own. Or we would be saying to someone else that you know, we do believe that God is still doing miracles. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to show you something as I was studying this out. This verse that popped out in Hebrews chapter 11 identifies these great heroes of the faith. And uh, this verse popped out at me like it never has before. Verse 6 of chapter 11 in Hebrews, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. We see two examples with Joshua and Hezekiah of men who trusted God. Their faith, um, it it was huge. And, And what does it say? That God rewards those who seek Him. I would say that's safe. Um, Joshua was seeking God. And we see that in his life. Hezekiah was seeking God. He was a king that was doing what was right. And, and these men of faith, they got to experience the answer of God. God's hand at work. The miracles in their lives. And I know that many of you have experienced that same thing. I have because... Um, I trust God and I have faith in God and I've seen those prayers answered. Those miracles happen and God's hand working in, in ways not only in my life, in the lives of others. And, and I don't want to not recognize those things because here I think we have a responsibility. I think not only for our own personal faith, but for the opportunity to share the gospel to others, we need to recognize when God's doing something, even when He's winking at us, and uh, He might not just bam, this huge miracle that you can't deny, but yet people will still deny. Because I noticed your dog can't swim, right? Just because he walks on water, there's still something wrong with the pessimist. It doesn't matter what you show the pessimist, they're still going to have a problem with it. And so, God reveals Himself. He shows up 
And, and the hand of God works in our lives because we have an opportunity to share that with others. We have an opportunity not for us, but for God to be glorified. For us to, to share the gospel with other people. You know, he does it in salvation, but he continues to do it as we go through life. And yes, we face struggles, and sometimes we don't have the answers that we want. But God is working for his glory, not ours. But yet, when he does, we need to make sure that we recognize that and we share that so that other people might hear the same thing. They, they might have the same opportunity at faith. God shows up, shows up in our lives right where we are when we need him. Even though, and I'm guilty of this, sometimes we wanted him a little while earlier, right? But we weren't ready yet for that. You know, and, and so God shows up when He needs to, and um, it is amazing to experience the peace of God in situations where it doesn't make sense. And some people might even question, how can you be so calm? How can you not be so worried about this situation? You know, why aren't you? And it doesn't make sense to the world, but God has given us the answer. And in the Bible, it tells us in, in over and over and over again, but when we have faith in God, things are going to happen that are unexplain, unexplainable. Like the peace of God that you know, surpasses all understanding. You can't explain that, but yet you have this testimony that God is working. You have faith. You can trust Him. And when He's working and doing those things, why not share it with others so that they can see? And then they're going to have to choose, right? And I'm not talking about being um, maybe... Uh, a little fanatical about it, but just recognizing that God is at work. I might not be the quickest to point out a miracle, but I don't want to be the last person to see it. And so I don't know where you're at as far as recognizing the hand of God in your life, but we have got to pay attention. And when we see God moving and God working, we need to share that with others. Because it increases our faith and it brings others to faith. So I want you to think about this this morning, but I also want you to take that as a responsibility as you leave, recognizing the things that God is doing. This is an article about miracles I was reading uh, this week as I was studying, and um, I want you to hear this. There is nothing inappropriate in seeking miracles for the proper purposes for which they are given by God to confirm the truthfulness of the gospel message, to bring help to those in need to remove hindrances to people's ministries, and to bring glory to God. Miracles still happen, and Christians should avoid the two extremes of seeing everything as a miracle and seeing nothing as a miracle. It's interesting just watching what's going on in our world. I mean, never mind my life and, and the things that are going on, but just watching what's going on in the world and you can see God working. And it doesn't make sense sometimes because we think, well, if I was God, I would do it totally different. Has anyone ever thought that? Okay, so just a couple of you, and I know a lot of you are lying. Because if you were God, you would do it different. And, but we see God working, and He's doing things, and He is bringing things together in ways that we wouldn't. But it is in His timing for His glory. And as we recognize that, we've got to continue to be vigilant, to pray for the needs of the people around the world, in our nation, in our community. Don't stop praying. So I want you to stand with me and pray with me right now. God, we thank you for uh, what you've been doing in our lives. God, that we 
Um, we can trust you. You are a God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, always working. And Lord, you want to do good things in our lives. Help us to identify. Help us to just see you, to see your hand at work. And uh, Lord, uh, not to be too quick to say or, or to ignore it, but Lord, that we would share that for your glory and, and to see your kingdom grow. Help us, Lord, as we face different trials and struggles and it grows our faith that uh, when we don't get the answers that we want, um, that we think we need, um, Lord, that we wouldn't turn away, but we would just draw closer to you and, and you would reveal your plan for us. God, as for, for the people who have not surrendered their lives to you this morning, I just pray that this would be that moment, that today would be the day. And Lord, for those who are carrying heavy burdens with them, Lord, I just pray that they would find someone to talk to, to pray with, Lord, that they wouldn't leave here with those things, but they'd be able to lay them at your feet. So, God, as we have a time uh, just to go to the prayer room, Lord, this invitation to respond, I just pray that um, as people uh, so need that they would, and, and God, that you'd continue just to, to do the work in our lives for your glory. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.